Glory to Jesus Christ, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their history, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is the story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianmedia.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. We're getting into the month of August here, which then, of course, looks forward to the month of September. And in the Byzantine liturgical calendar, and also in some Byzantine churches, a number of actually Eastern Catholic churches, this is a time when oftentimes there are what we call pilgrimages. Now, pilgrimage is actually very much a part of the spirituality of the Eastern lung of the church. And we've got several coming up in various places here in America and also in Europe. But one in particular I want to draw your attention to will be the Pilgrimage to Uniontown, Pennsylvania, to Mount St. Macrina, which always happens, traditionally, it has happened for many years now. In fact, this will be the 79th pilgrimage. It happens on Labor Day weekend. And to tell us about that, we're going to have one of the hosts or hostesses of that pilgrimage, the ones that host the pilgrims every year and have done it for so many years, from the Sisters of St. Basil. We welcome to Light of the East, Sister Barbara Jean. Barbara Jean, welcome to Light of the East. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to him forever. Thank you, Father. Well, Sister Barbara Jean, I was correct in saying that this is the 79th pilgrimage, right? Honoring yes, that the is true, certainly. And each year, Sister Barbara Jean, there is a theme to the pilgrimage, and this year the theme is Theotokos, Steadfast Foundation of Faith. And in fact, there's some interesting literature that comes from the sisters about the theme. It says, Mary's faith was much closer to our own than the sentimental legends that have been handed down through the ages. As a mother of Jesus, she experienced the same difficulties in life as we do, but with a much greater degree of intensity. Mary lived in the historical period of Roman occupation, therefore withstood oppression and injustice. The Holy Family lived in poverty and undoubtedly experienced a good deal of isolation and prejudice. All of Mary's earthly life passed under the veil of an unbending faith, and she continued to thrust and to walk into the unfamiliar future as she was being called by God to live through an outwardly common but inwardly mysterious experience. Pope Paul VI wrote that Mary is worthy of imitation because she was the first and the most perfect disciple. The Theotokos was always receptive of God's unfolding plan with an unwavering faith. So the theme is... Theotokos, Steadfast Foundation of Faith, and pilgrimage occurs, it actually starts Friday, August 30th, and runs through Sunday evening, correct, Sister? Sunday evening, September 1st. Yes, correct. And during that time, tell us a little about what happens there, the the atmosphere, the feel of it, uh, some of the schedule, what people can look forward to. Okay. Well, first I want to say that the theme, which you're pointing out, was chosen because this is the year of faith. Mm -hmm. So in planning, we always look toward... Uh, what's happening in the universal church, 
and uh, try to link with that or something that's happening within the Metropolitan Church of Byzantine Ruthenians. Mm -hmm. So um, this time we chose Steadfast Foundation of Faith because of uh, this year of faith. And we do keep a pretty much similar pattern to the pilgrimage each year. Many people will gather already on Friday, so there will be a prayer service. Um, Compline will be celebrated at 7.15 that night. And uh, we moved it to a time when people can better read the prayers when, the, when it's still light out there. <laughs> and uh, confessions also begin possibly that day. And very early the next morning, like 7.30 Saturday morning, already there are priests confessing. And uh, the whole area of the property is kept quiet where people can reflect as they wait in line for the confessions. And quite a few priests are helpful to us at that time. And I hope to be one of those priests, Sister. I hope you will, right, <laughs> as Sister, usual. Uh, talking about the grounds, tell us about a little bit of the history and the grounds that are there. They're, they're really quite quite special. Tell us a little bit about that history. Yes, they are. And and people feel a sense of the sacred mm-hmm. they do come very, to these holy grounds so. where they've been prayed in and prayed over for lo these seventy nine years, huh? <laughs> and uh, there's um the total property is about two hundred acres, and of that probably a half at least gets used for the pilgrimage area where the pilgrims wander, where the services happen at outdoor altars. Just about everything happens outdoors uh, because of the size of the crowds, and, and our chapels are normal size, you know, smaller chapels that are indoors. So uh, we have many beautiful shrines outside besides the places where we have the divine services, and many people find their favorite spot where they can go and meditate quietly away from the crowds. Um, but the crowds are... are well, they're a blessing to us. I continue to see them here mentally throughout the throughout the year, and so do other sisters and priests have said that to me as well, because we sometimes can mentally hear the singing that goes on mm-hmm. that fills the property and see the the pious people who um, who join us or or the or the noisy people who join us <laughs> because it's also a social event in which people reconnect from yes. different parts of the country, different parishes. And um, there's just a whole sense of blessing when people come together in this very large, green, beautiful space. And it's in Uniontown, Pennsylvania, which is near the border of West Virginia and Pennsylvania, in western Pennsylvania, correct? Yes, we're less than 25 miles from the West Virginia border. Beautiful rolling hills. and yes. the, the property originally... Five miles or so from the Ohio border. Yes, and it, uh, the property itself was a, originally an estate, wasn't it, of a wealthy man? That's right. It was Oak Hill Estate, and it belonged to a coal baron who was prominent in this area. And he was dying poor, actually, when uh, he found out that we were buying it in 1933, and he was pleased about that. We bought one piece of the property then, about 70 acres, and later um, added the connecting properties to it. Now, on the grounds, in addition to the outdoor shrines, which are which are beautiful, and the grounds are just magnificent, very, very very holy. They have a real, real charm to them, a real mystery, a real mystique, a charism to them. It's, it's just special. You just have to be there. But in addition to that, you also have things like, for instance, where you work, the retreat center, correct? Mm-hmm. Well, the Shrine of Our Lady of Perpetual Help is indoors. It's a small chapel that's uh, very special, has a mosaic of the Our Lady of Perpetual Help with Christ Child, of course. 
and it was made in the Vatican Mosaic Studio in the 1980s and sponsored for us by benefactors. And uh, in 2009, for the 75th pilgrimage, that uh, shrine was renovated with icons of the life of the Mother of God. And last year at the pilgrimage, we began to distribute brochures, two different brochures, one that tells about the art and this place in general, and the second brochure that has a meditation on each of those icons of the life of Mary. Now, there was an icon of Our Lady of Perpetual Help that was sent to the sisters by Pope Pius XI. Pope Pius XI, that's correct, in 1935. And that icon is very special to us. It has been framed, and it is carried during the pilgrimage to the divine services, and um, this year we're going, we've made arrangements for young people to carry that icon. It is on display all the time at the very entrance of the monastery throughout the year, but during pilgrimage uh, this icon is brought to the shrine area at the other end of the property and at the house of, near the house of prayer and used in the procession. And historically speaking, when Pope Pius XI gave that icon to the sisters, he, he requested the sisters would spread devotion to Mother of God under this title, correct? Yes, that is correct. And so the pilgrimage has gone on since that time, actually since the year before when the monastery was blessed, as this estate was blessed as the monastery property. And we have continued to spread that devotion. The pilgrimage is the biggest thing that we do, uh, but we have distributed um, materials about Our Lady of Perpetual Help and we have named the province in uh, that title as well when we were incorporated in the greater order of the Sister of St. Basil the Great. Sister Barbara Jean, tell us uh, who comes, you mentioned about the pious people, but you have people of all ages at this pilgrimage, don't you? Oh, infants included. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. In fact, because we have all ages and uh, we have a big children's pilgrimage at 1 o'clock on uh, Sunday afternoon, so, uh, and some people... um, are proud to bring the youngest baby, for instance, and then then they grow up and and talk about having been at pilgrimage since I was born. We're very proud of that. And we meet people who come year after year and have many decades of attendance. People come of all ages. We have a teen pilgrimage aspect uh, because there are many teenagers that gather here. We have a children's aspect. Besides the procession, there's also... Um, a tent for catechetical education sessions to go on with the children, and they do crafts and get a get a lesson each, both Saturday and Sunday. And then for the general public, many prayer services that go on during the course of the day, not only the Divine Liturgy, not only confessions, but also other prayers in honor of the Mother of God. There's also a, an adult enrichment session so that there are spiritual conferences that they can attend. And uh, even then, of course, candlelight processions, which everybody is invited to in, uh, as it gets dark in the evening. Sister Barbara Jean, I have had the privilege to be personally involved, not only in the pilgrimage itself as a pilgrim and, and as a priest pilgrim, <laughs> but also in the youth program over the years. And one of the marvelous things about the youth program that you had there during this pilgrimage, and by the way, the, the word in, in Slavonic, an original language of our church, is utpost, right? Which means like, like a going away, a kind of a dismissal, right? Mm-hmm, that's right. Well, one of the amazing things about the youth program that you have there is that actually gave birth to what has become one of the real gems of our whole church in America, and that is the National Byzantine Youth 
rally, a Byzantine, mm-hmm. a little play on the word Byzantine. Now, there's all of our teenagers from all of our parish all over the country get together every other year, and they have a rally, a kind of a conference or convention together. And that was actually uh, the child born of your uh, work and activities at Mount St. Macrina during the Labor Day pilgrimage during the youth program. Well, we're going to talk more about pilgrimage, the spirituality of it, when we return with our special guest, Sister Barbara Jean of the Sisters of St. Basil in Uniontown, Pennsylvania. I'm Father Thomas Leia on Light of the East. Light of the East's mission is Christianity's Reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. I'm Father Thomas Loya, and I'm inviting you to Prairie Fest 2013. You'll find food, fun, games, plus three days of nonstop live music. Prairie Fest, Friday through Sunday, August 9th through the 11th. Friday night, August 9th, it's Maggie Speaks. Then Saturday, August 10th at 1 o'clock, a battle of the bands. Then at 5, the Rhythm Method at 7.30. Prairie Fest welcomes the legendary Emadar Rush. Rock and roll, Chicago! Then Sunday morning, August 11th at 11, polka with the world-famous Eddie Carosa Jr., followed by the Polka Generations Band, and then Harvest Moon. Prairie Fest is located at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church, 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Visit ByzantineCatholic.com, ByzantineCatholic.com. For details and directions to Prairie Fest, Friday through Sunday, August 9th through the 11th. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. The Tabor Life Institute which is dedicated to the formation and education in the theology of the body. To find out more about the Tabor Life Institute, you can go to taborlife.org. That's taborlife.org. Especially if you're interested in conferences and retreats, in particular for youth, young adults, and also for those of you who speak Spanish. That's taborlife.org. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. Before we go too far into the second part of our program, I want to say hello to somebody, Marilyn Borsick. Hello, Marilyn Borsick from Lakewood, Ohio. Thank you for your very kind letter to me here, and I'm glad you're listening to Light of the East. Hope you're listening today, and hopefully we'll see you out at the pilgrimage that we're talking about today. And that pilgrimage at Mount St. Macrina in Uniontown, Pennsylvania, occurs August 31st to September 1st. That's Friday to Sunday, August 31st to September 1st. And our special guest here is Sister Barbara Jean from the Sisters of St. Basil. And Sister Barbara Jean, where can people go for information on this pilgrimage? Well, we've already posted the schedule on our website, and that is Sisters of stbasil.org. Okay, sisters of stbasil.org. They can find out all about this pilgrimage. And by the way, people can stay in the grounds, can't they? There's a camping area, isn't there? There is a camping area, and there are some beds available also in a dormitory-style arrangement. Also on our website, you will find lists of the hotels that are near us. If you prefer to uh, make a contact there, um, some people 
booked rooms as they were leaving last year, but there probably are rooms available in some of the hotels as well. So if if you want that information, it's also posted there. Um, a lot of information uh, about the pilgrimage is kept on our website under events. In fact, as you mentioned, Sister, <laughs> the, this pilgrimage is so popular, just so our listeners understand, it is so popular, well-attended, that we basically take over Uniontown, Pennsylvania for the weekend. We, we fill up all the hotels, and they got all their marquees out there saying, Welcome, pilgrims. <laughs> Isn't that true? Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's a big event for this, for this area, for sure. And this whole tradition, which is a great tradition in our church here in America, especially on Labor Day weekend and Mount St. Macrina, this tradition comes to us from Europe, doesn't it? It does. When uh, we established it, we had sisters who had recently come from Europe, and uh, it, was, it only made sense to use the style that, that was known to the people and loved already by the people. So in, uh, just a few years ago, I attended a pilgrimage in Slovakia, for instance, and I felt very much like I was in Uniontown. <laughs> Uh, because uh, similar elements, of course, our own divine liturgy, a hierarchical divine liturgy with many priests celebrating was a part of it. And at the same time, surrounding us at the distance on the periphery were priests hearing confessions and uh, groups of people singing, um, which is a big part of the pilgrimage here. Also, the, the people who led the processions uh, carrying uh, decorated crosses, as we do here at our pilgrimage as well. Each parish tends to bring a decorated cross, meaning the cross is surrounded by flowers, and the banners hang from it that identify which parish they are from. And makes it very visible that, you know, people are here from coast to coast, Yes. Uh, and from all corners of the United States, literally. The pilgrimages in Europe, do they have also have a, a youth population? Yes. In fact, when I referred to the singing, there was a youth choir hmm. that did all of the singing before the liturgy, after the liturgy, and during the Holy Communion time. I think the, the congregational singing was the, the divine liturgy, but the youth choir did the additional hymns. And quite a few of them, too. They were beautiful. Now, my understanding of pilgrimages in Europe, and I don't know if it's still the same way today, but my understanding is that people, very much a part of it, is that people would walk, and they they would walk sometimes many miles, even for a couple of days, en route to the pilgrim destiny. Is that is that true? It is, right. Uh, well, I, I certainly know it from my family history. My mother walked to a pilgrimage at Maria Poch in Hungary, and she she was eight years old and walked with the with the adults uh, from Slovakia. And they would carry their lunches, right, their, their food with yeah. them. And, <laughs> and But people along the way would also give them um, food and water and take them in to sleep in their places for the nighttime. So it was a it was a communal kind of experience, for sure. Yeah, and this, this pr- the process of getting there is very much a part of the spirituality of pilgrimage, isn't it? It's not just the destiny. Yes, it is, because pilgrimage is about our spiritual journey, Mm-hmm. And um, we we encourage people. We put out the word so early as we did now this summer to help people to plan ahead in the physical sense, but also spiritually. Many people make this the this, their spiritual retreat of the year, mm-hmm. and so it is wise to begin to pray with this theme, uh, to pray that they can come and that all goes well, and that their hearts will be receptive to the graces that flow in the time of 
the church alive being together in this way. And there are amazing things that happen spiritually on that holy mountain during this Labor Day weekend pilgrimage, believe me. And you can certainly testify to that, and all the sisters can, isn't that? Yes, we can. And the priests can, who tell us that great miracles of grace happen with the Sacrament of Reconciliation and, and with the counseling that they offer to people. And uh, we see people transformed who arrive a bit tired and, and, are, and come to life and yes. and are blessed in so many different ways while they're here. And also, it's and often I would I would often tell the young people this, the teenagers there. I would whenever we would have events there, I'd say, you know, I'm going to guarantee you something. On this mountain, you're going to meet somebody who's going to be very significant in your life, one way or the other. Whether that person's going to be your spouse someday or whatever they are, mm-hmm. they're going to be significant because for some reason. The Mount St. Macrina, and especially during the, the pilgrimages and the other activities there, it seems to be a place where special and unique relationships are formed. Mm-hmm. Have, have you found that to be true? So many times, right. And don't forget, if thousands of people come together for a holy purpose, yes, with a holy intention in their heart, wonderful things happen. Yeah. Yes. It's not like being in the mall. Right. <laughs> right. No, everybody is here with like hearts. And I think that that flow of grace is therefore all the more powerful. Well, Sister Barbara Jean, you've also been involved in vocation work. And if you have any message or words of wisdom for perhaps especially any young woman who might be listening, what might you tell them? First of all, come. (laughs) Come, you know, and and be part of this graced uh, experience. And ask the Lord for guidance. That's my message to all young people. God is the center of the of the direction of your lives. If you will pray, open your heart to that guidance, it will be given. And so many people who ended up later in seminary or in religious life were touched by grace here, hmm. including, I know, even seminarians who are presently in St. Cyril Methodius Seminary. And um, and others who have uh, visited, both uh, from our Byzantine tradition and also from Roman tradition, have talked about how they were touched by grace. Sister Barbara Jean, what else do you tell young women who may be discerning a vocation to religious life? Well, I certainly encourage them to talk to sisters. Mm-hmm. And uh, so many times they're, they haven't met sisters before, and uh, conversing with them and uh, sharing their hearts and uh, their questions, of course, is uh, very useful. And there are opportunities to do that when you're at Mount St. Macrina. And therefore, you know, you can get connected to a, a sister who will pray for you and carry you in her heart and and uh, pray for the discernment of a vocation. And oftentimes a, a spiritual director is recommended for someone discerning, correct? That is correct, yes. it's It requires some deeper conversations mm-hmm. and sorting through certain things in one's life. And so... Uh, a spiritual director, um, talking to a priest, talking to a sister, more than once, of course, I'm talking about, you know, because as you go deeper in in discernment, you, you have more questions, and um, they will encourage you in prayer and spiritual reading and also pray for you. Well, Sister, once again, let's give that information out for people interested in this pilgrimage, and I, in fact, I'll be a little more firm than that, a little more emphatic. Not only should they be interested, but they must come to this. They must drop whatever they're doing, whatever their plans were, their family plans, forget that, and come out to Mount St. Macrina in Uniontown, Pennsylvania, and that is Friday to Sunday, August 31st to September 1st, and that is this year, of course. And once again, Sister, their website is... 
sistersofstbasil.org. Sistersofstbasil.org. You don't need to register beforehand. There is no fee to attend this kind of thing. Just come. You need to bring money to purchase your own food and things, but uh, there, there is no. Uh, this is not like a spiritual conference that you have to sign up for beforehand. It's a very special place. It's a very special event hosted by very, very special people, the Sisters of St. Basil. And I thank you, Sister Barbara Jean, for being a Sister of St. Basil and also for being our guest today on Light of the East. Thank you so much, too, Father, for this opportunity. God bless you. We'll see you on Labor Day weekend. Okay. God bless. And both Sister Barbara Jean and myself hope to see all of you out at Mount St. Macrina in Uniontown, Pennsylvania, Friday to Sunday, August 31st to September 1st. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support in order to keep Light of the East on the air. You can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the Light of the East. To find out more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue this program with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount would be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610, Will Cook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K, Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God bless you and grant you many happy years. (laughs) 